God. What a good God we serve. Let's see here. We're uh, put, uh, Kathy, put uh, 2 Timothy 3.1 up on the board. All right, there we go. Um, we have, of course, on Wednesday night been talking about stress-free living. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, stress-free living. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So uh, verse 1 just says this, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, or in the last days or in as days progress, amen, uh, perilous times will come. And, of course, it means ferocious or fierce, but, it, but uh, most cross-references, most Bibles will have a cross-reference that says times of stress, all right, uh, it means to reduce the strength of, amen. So anytime, you know, you stop and you think about what stress can do, stress definitely tears your strength down, uh, and uh, that's exactly what it does. And the enemy knows it. And so we've been talking about stress-free living, uh, all all year long, as far as when I'm up here on mid, midweeks, that's that's what we're coming at uh, or coming at you with. And so um, last week, uh, I kind of again went back through some a little bit of this, just talking about you know um, the difference of you know in this whole thing, because basically in this text it starts talking about um, being lovers of ourselves instead of instead of lovers of God. Amen. And last week that's what I kind of dive in, started kind of spun off of that, and. Uh, the word, uh, you know, lovers of self or lovers of God is, is that Greek word, and there is phileo. And so, uh, again, it means, you know, a warm friendship and that kind of thing. It's not like agape love, you know, an unconditional love, uh, but it's more of a conditional type love. But it is a love, though, that what identifies phileo love is time and attention. So, you know, you give time and attention to yourself, you know, he's saying that that's, you're being a lover of self rather than giving time and attention unto God, all right? And so we kind of dove into that quite a bit last, last week and what the difference is. And the one thing that I definitely want to, again, bring out uh, before we kind of get into what we want to do today is the whole purpose of, you know, when what the enemy's trying to do is get you caught up in self-serving or self-striving. And really this whole text is what it's dealing with, okay? And, if, you know, it's a whole list of, of don'ts, if I can say that. There's just a whole bunch of stuff in there that, you know, you just don't want to, you know, just don't want to be a part of. And if you look at every one of them, in which we have done that in this series, um, they all deal with self-serving or self-striving. Self-serving, of course, is, uh, you know, it's all about you, you know. And uh, self-striving means it's, it's all about your strength. So it's all about you doing or you performing. Amen. And that doesn't mean that you're evil, wicked people. It just means that you're doing everything in your power and your ability when all along God is your sufficiency. All along God is your source. Come on, right? And so the, the point he's trying to make in this text is that the more self-striving or self-serving that you become, the more stress you walk in. And so every week, then again, we've been kind of diving into this and looking at it from a, you know, different angles, of course. Uh, tonight, we're going we're gonna to go uh, first into the Gospel of John, John chapter 5, and it is a verse that we did read uh, last week. Um, I believe it was last week we, we, we brought it out, and I want to kind of maybe spin off this a little bit. Um, tonight, I'm going to talk about, you know, we've been, I think last week, I think we titled it Face to Face, um, you know, time with God, time and attention with Him, you know, face to face. And I think we came out, we've been talking about the relationship of, with Moses and God and also with Joshua and, and the Father, and uh, kind of the difference between, a little bit of difference that they had in their relationship with God and then what it produced in their life. And, and then trying to really come off of that, because it's always types and shadows, uh, you know, the scriptures are real clear that everything that happened in the Old Covenant was for our admonition, amen, for our teaching, for us to learn things, amen, and it's types and shadows, it shows you things, amen. And so, anyway, that's what we did. T tonight, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a thing uh, called uh, consistent contact, okay? That's just what we're going to bring it out, consistent contact, all right? And the importance of your contact with God on a consistent level, amen? Everybody say consistent. That's going to be a kind of a key word here tonight, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely dive into that a little deeper. But let's, let's look at this verse first. It says, I can of myself do nothing. Remember, we did read this last week. So Jesus said, I can of myself. Now, Jesus said this. Now, we're talking about the Son of God, okay? Okay, so he said, I can of myself do nothing. He says, as I hear, 
I judge. Now, of course, he's talking about hearing from the Father. Of course, we're going to see that here in a minute. As I hear, I judge, or, or, I, or I make good judgments, right? And my judgment, or my, amen, my sound judgment is righteous. It's right, amen. It literally means sound or right. It means good, amen. In fact, uh, let me see here. I think I might have, might have got a few more definitions on this, maybe. Let's see if I did it or not. I don't know if I did. I did, okay. So it also means, uh, this word righteous uh, means also fair or equitable, okay. So every time he makes a judgment call or a judgment, how many know when he makes it, it's right? Now let's not lose sight of what we're talking about. You know, if we were always making right judgment call and decision making, come on, we wouldn't be so stressed out. Sometimes we stress out because we make silly decisions. And then it creates all kinds of havoc. And, uh, we, you know, we make one bad decision. So and try to fix it, we make another bad decision. Come on, somebody. And two, bad wrong, two bads don't make a good. Come on, somebody. It just means you got deeper in the hole. Come on, somebody. And that's that part about self-striving, okay? You didn't mean any harm by it. You were just trying to fix something. But again, you're out there trying to fix it yourself. And so what Jesus said is, as I hear, I judge. As I hear, I make my judgment call. I make my decisions based on what I hear. And he's talking about from the Father. He's not talking about what he hears from everybody else. Okay, and I'm going to show you that here in a second. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous. It's, it's fair. It's equitable. It's sound. It's right. It's true. It also means it's impartial or unbiased. Come on. Some people make decisions just based, their, you know, their, their bias or their partial. Come on. And so, come on. And then you're making decisions based on that. And the whole time, you know, you miss God because you're biased or you're partial. I'm just, you know, just now get out of just fact that we're just talking about dealing with people, dealing with everything. You could be partial about certain things in your life the way you want it just the way i want it well now don't get on the harley thing no there is way big difference there chevys and ford now that she's on it now we're okay we're on it all right the point is there's all kinds of things in our life that we become partial to come on right and the whole time, God's trying to walk you through things and show you things, but because you're partial or you're biased, come on, you don't hear God or you won't hear God, come on. So now you keep going down your road, amen, that creates more and more and more and more stress. Are you still with me? I mean, this is just, I mean, it's, it's pretty huge. Uh, so my judgment is righteous. And he said, because I'm not seeking my own will. I'm going after the will of the Father. Amen. So I'm not seeking my own will. Now the word seek just means uh, means to go after. Literally means an opening up unto. It speaks of as you get into it. It speaks of movement and activation of one's uh, one soul or spirit. Okay, either or or both. Okay, uh, depending on what we're dealing with. Um, so when you talk about seeking, of course, now as I brought up last week, you know it's it's not like uh, you know. Uh, well, I, I should say it is like if you're really if you're looking for a set of keys, you know, if you're just kind of glancing around and, you know, it's not hanging on the board like it should or it's not in the drawer like it should. I just can't find my keys. Well, that's not seeking. Seeking is, man, you, you're lifting up every pillow and the cushion, you know, all the cushions and you're lifting the couch and looking under the couch and you're come on that. I mean, you're going out. You're you're you are got you got movement and activation going all over the place. Come on. Right. Now, that's the kind of word seek that we're talking about here, okay? So with that being said, uh, let's, um, Kathy, let's run through a bunch of those in John, and then we'll read that, and then I want to go into Isaiah, okay? So let's get uh, chapter 5 again, verse 19. Jesus uh, said, or Jesus answered, pardon me, and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. Obviously, somewhere along the line, he's seeing this, right? Come on. He's seeing the Father do something. He's seeing it, okay? Not in the natural. It must be by the Spirit. For whatever He does, the Son also does in like manner. Now, how many believe what Jesus did was successful? Now, it's not a trick question. Come on, it's just a fact, okay? He was successful in what He did. Now, Jesus said, the same works that I do uh, shall you do also. Well, how is that? Well, of course, in context, He's talking about 
the Holy Ghost being there as a helper, amen, and all these verses kind of kind of fit into this, you know, where it's about, you know, if you follow God, live by the Spirit of God, being led by the Spirit of God, and be obedient to the, the, to the leading, guess what? You can walk in the same kind of results he walked in. Come on, and not being stressed out about it, right? So anyway, so he, he's hearing things, seeing things. Okay, give me a one out, I think chapter 8. Thank you. Uh, and, and Jesus said to them, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself. Can he repeats that? But as my Father taught me, right, I speak these things. Okay, in other words, I speak what the Father te- tells me to say. Come on. Or teaches me to say. Come on. Uh, give me one out of chapter 12. Let's do that one. Uh, I think there's a couple verses on this one. For I have uh, not spoken on my own authority. Uh, this is John 12 and 49. I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command that I, uh, what I should say, look at this, he gave me what I should say, that word command, by the way, means, uh, means an utterance, okay? So it's, it's like he, when God, how many know when God says something or utters to you, it's not a suggestion? It is a command. When God talks to you about stop worrying, he's not just, uh, you know, a friendly suggestion. He's saying stop worrying. Come on, when he says, be kind, walk in love with so-and-so or whatever. How many know it's not a friendly suggestion? You know, just I want you to go home and think about it. And, and you know, if it works for you, yeah, then, you know, make sure you walk in love then if it works. You know I mean, if it, if it don't, don't work for you, then don't worry. Just, you know, flush it. Don't worry about it. You know, eat the meat, spit out the bones, man. I mean, hey, you know. No, when he says, hey, walk in love or be kind, that means, hey, do it. If you want something to work out here, then do that. Amen. So he said, uh, he, what, what the Father gives me a command, that's what I say and what I should speak. Amen. So verse 50 now, put that up. And I know that his command, his utterances, uh, is everlasting life. In other words, the quality of life, the God kind of life, the abundant life, amen, comes from following God. In fact, John 10, 10, the thief comes, but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come, Jesus said, that you might have life and life more abundant. Now, remember, the whole thing in John 10, dealing with following him, amen, it was about hearing his voice, knowing his voice, and following his voice. The abundant life is always attached to hearing and following. Now, hearing and following, amen, if you do it, not only is abundant life attached to it, you have to remember everything we're dealing with, stress-free living is attached to that. Okay? So... Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Now, I wanted to kind of shoot through some of those verses. Now, I want to go into Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah 50. Are you all doing okay tonight? Are you glad you came out on a Wednesday night? All right, now. Hopefully, you'll be saying that by the end of the service. Amen. All right, so Isaiah 50. Um, I'm going to read... Verse 4, 5, and 6 in here. Um, and I'm going to read part of this because I just, well, you definitely want you to, to understand, you know, who we're talking about here in context. To me, I love this text anyway because it, it, it says so much about, uh, about growing and developing your hearing in God. All right? So verse 4 says this. Uh, this is Isaiah 50, verse 4. It says, for uh, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. Okay? And it just means, a, you know, a tongue that, that it's disciplined, okay, one that is taught right, okay. So a tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak, a word in season to him who is weary. How many know, have you ever had a word that wasn't in season? <laughs> right? <laughs> you said that and went, whoops, <laughs> that wasn't in season, amen. That bad fruit, you know, or something, amen, right? <laughs> you know? You know what I mean? You said something about three seconds later, you wish you could reel them back in, and it's too late. Damage done, you know. Anyway, he's talking about having a word that's in season. He knows, how many know when Jesus spoke, it was right? <laughs> it was in, it was, timing was right. It was always right. It was always the right word. There were times he didn't even speak. He just doodled on the ground. Why? Because God didn't tell him to say anything yet. Come on. And it, and it still affected. Come on, it was still effective at what he did. Come on. Amen. How many know he didn't stop every funeral procession? He didn't always walk on the water. Sometimes he actually rode in the boat. Come on, right? Come on now. I'm just saying that, you know, a lot of times we kind of get this, 
kind of a different, you know, weird, you know, idea about the Lord. We kind of, you know, see him in a white robe that just flows long, blonde hair just in the wind, you know. And as he walked, durst thou knowest that I am the Lordeth, doeth as I saith. I mean, no, that ain't how it operated. Come on now. Anyway, the point is, amen, he, he was trained, all right? So anyway, so he was successful, praise God, and that same thing for you or me. He said that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Uh, here we go. He awakens me. Everybody say awaken. He awakens me, amen, morning by morning, all right, which means a, a daily thing. It speaks of a progressive thing, all right? This is how it works. This is how you train yourself. Everybody say morning by morning. You want to get better at hearing? You want to get better at following? Come on, that's how it works. Amen. You know, you can't just do it, you know, every third Tuesday. Come on, somebody, and think you're going to be pretty, pretty sharp. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, so he awakens me morning by morning. Now, listen, he awakens my ear to hear as the learn. Now, somebody said, well, he, let's God awaken him. God never awakens me. I bet he has. Let's get to the next verse. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, <laughs> nor did I turn away. Somebody says, well, I wish God had talked to me more. Well, you keep shutting him off. Every time he wakes you up, you say, listen, I want to sleep. <laughs> so every time, the Lord talk, every time God talked to the Lord, the Lord gave heed to it. Come on. Somebody says, well, how do I, you know, you know I want God to, uh, you know, Got to talk to me more. Well, he's probably talking to you all the time, or at least trying. Come on. Sometimes, you know, it's just you're not being, you know, being, uh, you know, submitted enough that when he starts talking to you about little things, or you just refuse to do a few things he's asked you to do. That could be. But Jesus wasn't rebellious about it. He didn't turn away. And I just, I, I put verse 6 in here, Kathy. Put that in there. The only reason I did that is that we, we all know it is talking about the Lord here. Uh, I gave my back to those who struck me my, and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and, and, and spitting. So how many know that's who we're talking about, right? Come on. So, that, so the point is now you go back up to verse 4 and 5. And so what you get, you know, is he talking about talking to him. And we can all take, take, learn from this. This is how it, how it works, okay? How did Jesus uh, get to the place that, you know, he would hear things of the Father, see things, Amen. There were so many times that he would go off and be, be alone, and there were times, uh, you know, that he would just, you know, going along, and as, as the day progressed, you know, the Spirit of God would say something, drop something, show him something, praise God, and he just did it, right? You know, I always use that as an illustration. You came up to the Pool of Bethesda, you know, and the, the word was very clear. The Pool of Bethesda was surrounded by sick people, surrounded by it. And he walks through there, and I don't know how far into it he goes, but he went far enough to go to the one man. One man. Now, you know, how did, why? My guess is grandma was praying or his wife was praying. Come on, somebody, or something. Come on. Somebody, somebody that was dear to him. Come on. You know, I don't know if you know it, but pretty much everybody at least has somebody that loves them. I met a gentleman the other day here, and Due to a count, never anyway. It was a. It was supposed to be a transaction take place, and it didn't. But anyway, um, uh, so uh, this gentleman, I just thought this is a little squirrely. And then we got back on the bike, and my wife goes, "His mama loves him." <laughs> yes, yes, you're right, honey. His mama loves him. Probably praying for him right now. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we'll just keep our tongue and not say anything. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. The point is, somebody was praying probably for that young man at the pool. Come on, somebody. He walks in, ministers to that individual, all right? And really, to be honest, it was, I mean, pretty phenomenal because, you know, he acknowledges, do you want to be made well? <laughs> Simple, right? <laughs> yes, right? But he had a whole story, right? He was ready, well, you know, you don't know, understand the condition I have, how long I've been here, and this is going on, and this thing here. And Jesus said, well, time out. Take up your bed and walk. Come on. Didn't give heed to any of it. And I'm thinking all that, you know, most places you think, that, you know, in a situation like that, he would just turn around and walk away. But he didn't. He stayed right there, stayed with it. Come on, somebody. Somebody was believing God here. Come on. 
Amen. Because, well, the point I'm bringing up is I, I didn't seem like that guy was. Just, just a thought I'm having. But anyway, the point is, Jesus obviously was told by the Father, go to the pool of Bethesda, amen, turn to the right, go down a little bit further, and I'll show you which guy. You'll know when you get there. Come on. Minister unto him. Get back out of there. And that's exactly what he did. Being led. Now, how does all that happen? Well, he awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ears. Amen. Earlier it says he even teaches my tongue how to what to say and how to say it. Come on now. Point is, it takes time. It takes some consistency. Everybody say consistency. That's really what it's talking about. Awaken me morning by morning. It's talking about some consistency. Amen. You know that consistency, amen, is, is tied to, to every area of your life. And, and, and whether or not you're successful in that area of your life or not, many times going to be contingent on how consistent you are. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And uh, uh, years ago, uh, probably now 20 years back, you know, a minister was ministering on something, and, and they had shared uh, a word that the Lord had given them, and it was about uh, being consistent, and the word was, inconsistency lies the power. Okay, sometimes, you know, you've done the right thing, but all the Lord's asking is keep doing it. Okay, yes, you did get up today. That's wonderful. Great. Good job. Can you do it tomorrow? Right? Come on, right? Or you did it all this week. You know, can you can you do it next week? Amen. Come on, right? You know, uh, I always bring this up, or at least when you get into some of this stuff, you know, anybody ever go like to secondhand stores or, or anything like that, you know? It's okay. It, it's all you're like, do I admit that? <laughs> but uh, there's always one thing you find at every secondhand store. Exercise equipment. <laughs> I mean, man, if you're going to buy exercise equipment, don't go buy it new. Just go to secondhand stores because it's everywhere. And it's almost brand new, right? <laughs> Why is that? Because, you know, they forgot. You know, you got to get on it every day. If this is going to work, you know, almost every program works to some degree if you work it. You know, weight loss works when you work the program. Amen. Amen. Now, there might be some that work better than others. That's obvious. Okay. And for each individual, you know, I'm, you know, it could be a different, you know, for different for other people. But the point is, is that regardless, consistency, there's power in consistency. If you stick with it, it's amazing what begins to work. Amen. Are you still with me? So consistent contact. It was the Lord, his consistent contact with God that made him, that, that fine-tuned it, that brought him in, that zeroed in, that really honed in his hearing and his seeing by the Spirit. Still with me? Uh, put uh, chapter 11, verse 3 on the board, if you will. Give Kathy a hand clap. What a blessing she is. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Kathy. Uh, here's here's uh, Isaiah 11. And verse 3, his delight is in the fear of the Lord. Talking about the Lord again. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Now you think, well, that almost sounds up. No, but it's talking about he doesn't, he's, he's not moved by natural seeing. He's not moved by hearsay. He's not moved by what other people are saying. He's only moved, come on, by what the Lord says. Still with me? I think it's the Amplified, put the Amplified version up there. I thought that was kind of nice how this, uh, the classic Amplified. I guess now there's two Amplifieds, so uh, the classic anyway. Uh, and, and, and shall make him of quick, because in context, if you go through the last few verses there, it's D, you know for a fact he's talking about the one coming. He's talking about the, 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 the Messiah. Okay, so he says, and he and shall make him of quick understanding. I love this. And his delight shall be in the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord. Now, anytime, if you ever study the fear of the Lord, you can't, you can't go through it without going into Proverbs, and you spend time in Proverbs, and Proverbs 1 makes it very clear that the fear of the Lord, what determines whether somebody's walking in the fear of the Lord or not, is, is simple. It's hearing and obeying. You could say all day long, you fear the Lord, but if you ain't going to do what he asked you to do, you don't fear the Lord. 
There's no reverential. There's no respect. There's no awe. Come on. Are you still with me? Still with me or are you, are you down on me? Come on now. All right. So, so he shall make him of quick understanding and his delight. In fact, the word delight doesn't just mean, you know, be all joyful. Okay. The word delight here also means a, um, a, 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 a submitted, a yielded and submitted uh, mindset. Okay. It means, you know, to be pliable. Amen. So like what he leads, you do. Amen. So to delight oneself in the Lord means to uh, be submitted and yielded, to, to be pliable. So then when he begins to lead and walk you through it, amen, in other words, you're delighting yourself in him, amen. Whatever it takes, Lord, that's what I'll do, amen. Uh, he sh and his delight shall be in the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, neither decide by the hearing of his ears. Okay, talking about natural, amen. So in, in, in context, it's what he's dealing with. So the point is this, you know, if you go back and you think about all the verses we looked at in John, the, the bottom line is he's talking about, you know, hearing God, amen, not being moved by what he sees, not being moved by what everybody else says, not moved by Facebook. I'll leave that alone, amen. Not being moved, come on, by what the news says. Not being moved by what Grumpy Pants says. Come on. You ain't going to be moved by the hearsay. You're not going to be moved. In other words, what he's saying is this. If you want to be successful, it's going to take consistent contact with the Lord. Amen. So that you're not, you know, you're all honed in. Amen. You're dialed in. So that no matter what's going on around you, come on, this is all, this all, come on, not, no matter what's going on around you, you're locked on being led by God. Can I hear a big amen? Okay, with that said, let's talk a little bit about consistency uh, in the light of that. Go to James 1. Let's put that up on the board. You really can't talk about this without going to James. Amen. Book of James, hallelujah. Of course, half-brother of Jesus, grew up in the same house Jesus did, this particular James. <clears throat> okay, so verse uh, chapter 1, verse 2. He said, my brother encountered all joy when you fall into various trials. You know it said fall in, didn't say walk into it or accept it or pray for him. Come on, somebody. How I many know you're going to have all kinds of pressure and trials out there? You don't have to pray for him. <clears throat> Come on, somebody. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Okay, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. How many like that? Amen. Everybody likes, woo, I like verse 4. Well, you can't have verse 4 without walking through verse 1 and 2. Come on, somebody. Okay, so anyway, verse, uh, verse uh, 2 again. Put that up there. My brother, count it all joy uh, when you fall into various trials. Okay, that just means, you know, to maintain joy in your life. Come on. And joy, by the way, is a fruit of the Spirit. Come on. So it's a force. It's a Holy, it's a Holy Ghost uh, spirit, it's a, I mean, a fruit of the Spirit. So it's, it's, it's spirit, it's spirit in nature. Come on, somebody. It's not just being happy. We've talked this before in, in other sermons, amen. Happy uh, is more connected to emotion. Come on, joy is not connected to emotion. You get enough joy going, it'll affect you emotionally. But joy isn't hinged on emotion. Happy is hinged on emotion because happy comes from the word happening, and if it's a good happening, it's a happy moment. If it's a bad happening, it's a not happy moment. But if you have joy, it doesn't matter whether it's a good or a bad moment. Come on, somebody, because it's spirit in nature. It's a force of the spirit. It's fruit of the spirit, amen, that is there to help drive, how to help push and help move you to do what's right regardless of what's going on around you. Give the Lord a praise. Come on, somebody. Amen. Now, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Verse number three, please. Okay, knowing, everybody say know this, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I think that word test, I, might, I can't remember, I think it's prosmos, okay, which just means, really just bottom means uh, pressure's coming, okay, knowing that there's pressure going to come, 
It says, the testing of your faith. In other words, the word faith again, pistis, okay? The Greek word pistis, which means, uh, you know, trust, confidence, reliance, dependence, assurance. Uh, these, are all sy- these are all synonyms of the word faith, amen, depending on how it's used uh, in a sentence. And so uh, these are all, uh, this is what faith is. It's about having confidence and reliance and our dependence on God. Well, how many know the minute you make a decision, I'm going to trust God? Here comes pressure, right? Now, now hang on, because a lot of times we instantly start thinking that's just talking about, well, the devil's coming after me. Sometimes it ain't the devil. Sometimes it's just your clock. Sometimes it's just the pressure of the time. Sometimes it's that date book. It's the gas gauge. Sometimes it's, it's you know, it's something that was said in the, you know, in the house or in a discussion. Come on, it wasn't nothing evil, nothing wicked, and nothing, you know, of the devil. It was just pressure due to something. Now, you got to hang on because this, come on, because many times we make decisions just based on these things. And, you know, we, well, you know, hey, man, I mean, I got a life. I got to live, and I got, you know, I got to pay the bills. I got kids, and I got you know, I got, you know, come on, man. I got to put food on the table. I got to wash the clothes. I mean, I mean, my goodness. I mean, come on, man. I mean, what, you know, I ain't got time for all this God stuff because I got to go deal with this and deal with that. Okay, Martha. And what happened to Martha? She got a rebuke from the Son of God. Point is, that's what happens. We go along and we get so caught up that everything else around us begins to dictate. You make a decision on the inside. I know who I'm talking to tonight. I'm talking to my midweek crowd. Come on, somebody. Radicals for God. Hallelujah. I mean, you're here, man. But you got to remember, I'm also talking to, what is it now, uh, I think uh, over 150,000 people on the Internet. Okay, so... It ain't just those in the room, so remember, there's going to be a couple things I'll touch on that it's okay. Just smile real big at your neighbor and say, it must be talking about you. <laughs> anyway, could be, amen, I'm just saying. So knowing that the testing of your faith, it produces something called patience or constancy or consistency. Literally means to be consistently constant, all right? A lot of times patience is a misunderstood word because of the way patience is used sometimes in our English language. Sometimes, you know, we, we refer to, you know, patience like settling for seconds best almost. Come on, somebody. Oh, I'm just being patient, waiting for this light to change. Well, the, the, word, the Bible word for patience means to be constant, to be consistent. Well, you know, how are you going to know unless your faith, you, you don't know what, where your faith's going to stand unless your faith is tried. There is, no tes- there is no testimony without a test. Come on. Right? I mean, you know, really, there ain't. There really ain't no real patience without, you know, having to having to push through pressure. So if you push through the pressure, it produces this thing called constancy or consistency, all right? Amen? Yeah, just for whatever it's worth. You know, there is no, uh, there is no uh, submission without disagreement. You can say you submit it all day long until you disagree. It's like, I'm out the door, man. I ain't taking this no more. Well, there ain't no submission there. The point is, you know, how are you going to know where your faith stands? How are you going to know how consistent you are unless the pressure's there to, you know, to press back on, push back on? Verse 4. Okay, we all want verse 4. But remember, if you're not willing to push back and deal with the pressure, but you're going to cower to it all the time, instead of being consistent, come on, it says this, let patience or constantly or consistency have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That sounds like stress-free living to me. Come on. The word perfect, uh, cross-reference, will probably say mature, right? So being consistent. Now, this is com- coming up because we're talking about a constant contact with God. 
It's in your consistency. It's in, it's in consistency. It's in, in being consistently constant where the power lies. It's where we begin to develop in discernment. It's where we begin to develop, amen, in who we are. It's be, begin to walk in the promises that, that are for us. Come on, somebody. It's being consistent. Let patience have its perfect. Why? That you may be perfect, mature. I mean, that even affects you, your, your character. Complete means whole, everything whole, everything like it's supposed to be, amen, lacking nothing, Woo! let's see here, I think I might have, I don't think I got it in my, I'm going to see if I can read the fine print today, no, I just, this is just worthy of looking at, um, lacking nothing, the word lacking, okay, now listen, the word lacking means destitute, or to fail or failure. So it means you will be destitute in nothing, which means you will fail at nothing. Are you hearing me? When it says lacking nothing, that's what it means. So you'll be mature and whole. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Failing at nothing. Well, how does that happen? Well, by being patient, being consistent. Come on, somebody. So, um, so with that said, so Jesus was consistent. And he was perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Well, somebody says, well, it's because he was the son of God. That's not accurate. He was that way because of what we're talking about. Listen, you have, to, you have to stop and think about this, okay? Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? Absolutely. Is he the Son of God? Absolutely. But you have to remember, he had to come and fulfill the Abrahamic covenant. He had to come and walk as a man, or it was invalid. So he came in flesh and blood, come on, and walked it out to do it, and then did it right to be our example, the Scripture says. Come on. And if he says, if I can do this, you can do this. We have a tendency sometimes to say, well, that was Jesus, and I'm me, and there ain't no way that's going to happen. He says, listen, if you do it the way I did it, you can do it. But what happens many times is this thing we're talking about, we have a tendency, the pressure, all the little things around us, words said, things done, daily activities, all the things that are out there become this pressure that presses on what you, in your heart, you know what I need to do. Come on, somebody. I mean, you know in your heart you need to spend time with God. But good night, man. I mean, I'm working 12 hours a day. Come on, God. God's like, you know, if you'd listen, you might only have to work, you know, eight hours a day and make the same money. I'm just saying. He might say, you know, if you were listening, I would have told you, you're in the wrong job. If you would have listened, I would have showed you how to do this, 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 and this, and all of a sudden, it's all working. Listen, uh, you know, we had uh, Michael and, and Kelly testify, well, well, Michael did, testified about, on Sunday, about their vehicle, right, for those that were here. And they come today because they called them in, okay, they, they, they get this vehicle, and, and I told him, I said, now listen, that doesn't mean it's done. God, God wants to also pay that thing off. Come on. So come on, listen. So they come in today, and, and, and Mike tells me that they called him in and said, uh, we need to re, redo the contract or whatever. Now, I might, if I'm using the wrong word, just tell me, okay? Just kind of shorten it up here a little bit. So they, let, they lowered the interest rate, even eliminated the amount some of the amount of the vehicle. It was like several thousand. They called them back in, said, we want to do a whole new contract. We're going to lower. Have you ever heard anybody doing that? <laughs> ah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So, you know, we want to be led on what we do, and then don't just take one step and go, woo, did the step, woo -hoo! 
God says, got more steps. Come on, right? But you got to stay consistent with this, all right? So, okay, so consistent content, okay? So well, how many know we need to be consistent in our time spent with God, right? Come on. Come on, work with me here, all right? Okay, so in consistency lies the power, amen. All right, so how about this? There's other ways to commune with God or connect with God, right? How about his word? Is that right? Now, I probably won't spend a lot of time on this because of, I've already been talking some of this on, on Sundays, and uh, I'm going to talk some more of it this, this coming week. So put, uh, let's do this. So put John 8, put that on the board, John 8 and verse 31. Jesus said uh, to those Jews who were believed in him, so those that were actually giving heed to what he's saying, if you abide in my word. Now, that fact, that word abide, uh, some translators will use the word continue, but both of them is the same thing about being constant. It's the same, that to be patient, continue, abide, remain, all of them are all come out of the same, same word, okay? If you abide in my word, if you continue in my word, okay, if you're constant in my word, then it says you are my disciples indeed. In other words, disciplined ones, right? Well, you're going to be disciplined if you stay with it. Right? Okay, that's what makes a disciple. Come on, I'm not just saying, Jesus, I receive you. A disciple means one that's disciplined. Come on, that sticks with it, follows. Come on, so that makes a disciple, all right? Verse 32, common one, right? Most of us know this. Everybody uh, has, has it somewhere in their house, on some plaque, some picture, uh, you know, your little bookmark, your, uh, everybody, you know, right? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, right? Come on, I mean, the truth makes you free. What truth? Truth you know. Good one. See, you guys, are get, you guys are getting it. So it's the truth you know. Now, how do you get to know the truth? Verse 31, by abiding, continuing, staying constant. So consistency in the word, okay, creates, okay, go verse 32 again, creates knowing something. Come on. Knowing a truth. You know, a lot of times when, in, when I'm talking to somebody that hasn't heard me say these things. In fact, I had this just, I think, last week in, in our class in, the, in Deer Ridge. And, um, and so I asked that same question. And uh, they, a couple of them kind of got a little feisty with me. It was great. What makes you free? The truth, man, the truth. What truth? Well, the word, man, the word. Doesn't say that. couple of you know, it's the words the word makes you, the truth and God's it's that's what makes you free no that's not what makes you free it's the truth you know and the only way you get to know a truth is by being consistent with it otherwise it's just something you heard are you still with me to know means literally that word even deals with a sense of intimacy, okay, becoming one with. Okay, you become one with the truth by staying consistent with it. So the point is, is that it's another way of connecting with God is by his written word. Am I right? But you got to still be consistent with it. It's the consistency in it that produces freedom. All right. Um, I think what other verse did I give you any more verses on that one, Kathy? <clears throat> I was just thinking. I don't think I did. So um, I was thinking, uh, you know, what else about the word? And like I said, I don't want to necessarily spend a lot of time here because of where we're going with the, uh, in our some of our Sunday services here. Um, but the word talks about in Romans twelve uh, about being, you know, you're being transformed, not conformed to the world, but being transformed by what? Renewing your mind. Okay, and obviously that's with the word, dealing with the word. So renewing your mind with the word. The word renew means to renovate. Literally means reconstruct. So the more you're consistent with the word, the more it begins to go in there and renovate your way of thinking. Right? So then it begins to renew that mind. So it'll tear out stuff, tear this wall down, that wall down, this door out, throw the toilet out, everything out, it all goes out. Go back in, you rebuild, restructure, redo, 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 redo. More here, more here, more here. Now it's, come on, you've renewed. And it says that the one that renews her mind, what happens is, is a thing called transformation begins to happen to your whole life. 
you're no longer. See, if you want to, how do you conform to the world? Just do nothing. And you conform. You just start conforming to everybody else and everything else. Because everything around you begins to, to make that in you. Come on. But transformation has to come from a renewing, which means, come on, you have to extend some energy. Come on, you're going to have to stay consistent with this. You know, yeah, it's intentional. I mean, you're doing, you are putting out doing, 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 hearing, 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 doing, 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 hearing, 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 being consistent. And the more consistent you become, the more your mind's renewed, the more your mind's renewed, the more you're transformed. The word transformation again, metamorphia. When we get our word metamorphosis, okay, which means like a tadpole to a, a frog, a, a, a caterpillar to a butterfly, uh, those are all, that's metamorphosis, okay? It was one thing and literally almost becomes a completely different thing. Remember now, you're a new creation in Christ. Now, how that all happens is by being consistent in this. Now, your spirit man instantly, woo, changed when you made Jesus Lord of your life. You went from being hell-bound to heaven-bound. Come on, somebody. And you're, you're new on the inside. But how many know you've got to still renew that mind? And you got to renew your way of thinking. Come on, somebody. And you're going to have to renew how you act and react and respond. And, and all that comes from a thing called transformation that happens by a renewing of the mind with the Word of God on a consistent basis. Still with me? All right. Everybody say consistent contact. That's how this thing works. Amen. How about another thing here? Let's look at this. Go to Luke 2, put uh, verse 46. Luke 2 and 46. Let me get to it myself. Luke 2 and 46. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> what's happening in context, Jesus is, you know, was he 12 years old, I believe, at this time? And uh, everybody's heading home, convoy heading out. And they get a little ways down the road and realize they're missing somebody. So they have to go back and find him. And, of course, where do they find him? They find him at the house of God. It says, now, so it was that after three days, <laughs> three days. <laughs> yeah, okay, think about your kid. <laughs> Listen, I, some of you have left your kid here. <laughs> That's a fact. Now, we've had that happen multiple times, and I might even have done it once myself. But anyway, <laughs> but, you know, it ain't no three days. You know, we're just talking like maybe, maybe three minutes or, or maybe, maybe an hour when, you know, because a lot of times it usually happens because uh, him and her both brought a vehicle because of what time they had to be here and, and they, the other one assumed the other one had the kid. Come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah, and then finally an hour later, you're going, where's Junior? <laughs> uh, anyway, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, we're talking three days, okay, three days. And they found him. Oh, who'd have thought? It's the house of God. Sitting in the midst of the teachers, listen, both listening to them, and what? Asking them questions. Verse 47. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. Come on, somebody. So there was, you know, go back to 46 again, please. So Jesus, you know, is growing. That's the point, okay, and developing. All right, and I just I just wanted to you know, uh, Jesus. Uh, the scripture even says like in well even like Luke four for for instance, he it says you know here he was in the house of God as his custom was. Because he liked the house of God. Come on, somebody, and that, and then he would stand up to read and and read from the scriptures. Of course, in that text there, he's reading from Isaiah, and uh, the point is that you you found Jesus in the house of God all the time. Now, somebody says, well, what are you getting at? Well, part of, uh, part of contact with God is being in the house of God. Now, I know who I'm talking to tonight. I'm talking to my Wednesday night crowd. And you're all here. But not everybody's here. 
Come on, somebody. Now, just, just a thought I'm having, okay? Uh, it's not a big thing, but I just, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, you know, I'm the, pre- I'm the preacher, so sometimes, you know, people maybe can just tell me what they want to tell me and, you know, as they're going out the door. And, uh, but most people, you know, uh, over the, you know, about whatever it's been, I think we've been involved in ministry to some capacity since 1986. Um, and, uh, and so in that amount of time, whatever it's been, 30 years, whatever it's been, and um, in that amount of time, standing at a door, greeting people and, and talking with people and fellowshipping with people before and after services, um, you know, um, very rarely will you ever hear somebody says, you know, I just wish I wouldn't have came today. I don't even know why I came here today. Now, once in a while, you know, you get somebody, maybe somebody did something to them, offended them, and then maybe they wish they didn't come that day. But, but when it comes time, most, you know, mostly what I hear is this, man, I wasn't going to come today, but I did, and I am so glad I did. Why? Because contact, okay? You come into a corporate setting, corporate anointings, and, and you know, it's something happens when, when there's a corporate deal. You know, he's here, he's, he's present, there's things, and, and, and you know, and the, you, you just can't worship like we worship and, 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 and dive into the Word uh, to this degree without connecting with God somehow. Come on, somebody. And, and so what happens is, you know, it's another way of contact. And so uh, just consistent contact in the house of God is, is amazing what starts happening. Somebody says, you know, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel like coming. Well, I mean, you know, uh, sometimes I don't either. Not very often, but Trudy all the time. <laughs> you got to go, Trudy. You're the preacher's wife. And she's some. <laughs> That's right. And she comes, bless her heart, drag her in. Hallelujah. Now she comes, no, no problem. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, the point is, is that, you know, there, there is a point to this. <laughs> the point is, we've all somewhere along the line had other things we could be doing or wish we were doing for at least a little while. But usually what ends up happening, you come and you go, I needed that. Then you, you know, people that are even not feeling good. You need to need to be in the house of God because you're going to find you're going to you're going to walk out whole. Can't tell you how many times that's happened. Somebody says, I came, I wouldn't feel good, but man, I feel great now. Got strength, hallelujah, you know, you know, and stuff that you know, man, I needed to hear that today. You've been reading my mail, preacher man. Nope, God has. <laughs> Point is, it's about. It's about consistent contact, amen. So whether we're talking about fellowship with God, we're talking about being in the written word, or whether we're talking about being in the house of God, these are all ways to connect, amen. And if you stay consistent, amen, it begins to fine-tune things. Pretty soon you're hearing things, you're seeing things, amen. Next thing you know, you're making choices and decisions. Your discernment's better. Come on, somebody. I mean, all this stuff begins to happen. And all of a sudden, what makes for, praise God, makes for not just the abundant life, but it makes for stress-free living. Amen? That's how this stuff works. Amen. I mean, you sit at home and you stress out, and you could have been in the house of God. I can't even tell how many times I've heard that kind of thing. I'm sorry, I just couldn't come. I was so worked up. You needed to be in the house of God. wouldn't be so worked up. Come on. Well, let's see. How about a, I'm just, I was just kind of thinking of some different things. Um, I got several of them down here, but maybe we'll just briefly touch on a couple here. Um, the main thing I wanted to show you there, and if you kind of look at it, um, even later on in this chapter, it said that Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and favor with, with God and man. Everybody say he increased in wisdom. You don't increase in wisdom unless there's room to increase. The point is, you found him where? At the house of God, increasing, growing, developing. That's why he was listening. That's why he was asking questions. Amen. And of course, 
they would talk to him, and he had all kinds of perspective. They're like, that kid's pretty smart. But at the same time, don't lose sight of the fact that he's there listening and asking questions and growing. Come on, somebody. All right, so I, I was thinking about some other areas, okay? Um, uh, put, uh, let's, put, uh, let's put that uh, verse with Mark 10. Put that up on the board, please, Kathy. Mark 10 and 45. Um, just, I just, just, it's just talking about contact here, being consistent. But just look at different things, okay? For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now, in context, of course, uh, the boys are all walking down the road. The posse's kind of, you know, talking about things. And uh, some of them are saying, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the greatest. No, I'm going to be the greatest. No, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be the one to sit by him. No, I am, I am, blah, 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 whatever. And Jesus had a little word for him and just basically said, listen, if you, if you want to be great, nothing wrong with being great. If you want to be great, that's wonderful. You want to be great, but if you want to be great, you've got to be willing to serve. And if you ain't willing to serve, you're probably not going to be great. In other words, there's no advancement if you're not willing to serve. Now, the point I'm trying to make is, is in the context of everything we've been dealing with, it's just another way to connect, right? We think about this. Not only is it, you know, not only are you hooking up with the heart of God, and we're talking about the master himself said, I didn't even come here. You know, but to serve. I didn't come here to be served. I came here to serve and to get, lay my life down, to give my life as a ransom for many. Now, the point is, is that, you know, it's just another way of connecting. Not only, not on multiple levels here, not only just the fact that you're, you're connecting with the mindset of God and the heart of God, but, you know, if anybody, you know, you've been in, in service very long, it ain't long, and you're realizing if I don't talk to God, I'm in trouble, right? Because, I mean, you know, serving, you know, especially at, in the capacity of ministry, um, you know, if you're going to do it without talking to God, you know, you might last two weeks. Come on. <clears throat> the point I'm just trying to make, it, you can look at this at multiple levels, that's what I'm trying to do, and just connecting, uh, you know, in the area of service towards others. Amen. Not only are you connecting with people, but remember, people are God's highest commodity. Amen. So it's amazing when you start connecting with people and, and, and reaching out to be a blessing and serve, how much God, amen, gets in the midst of that. And we're talking about, I mean, it's amazing how God gets involved. And all of a sudden, man, we're talking about divine connection. So I feel like, you know, you really can't even talk about all this without at least mentioning about service, the power of service and being consistent with serving. How about this on another level of this thing? Okay, um, you know, we're talking about being consistent in service. Well, most times, I mean, no, when you serve, it isn't always peaches and cream. Not every moment. A lot of times there's a lot of benefit, a lot of, woo, a lot of great things that come out of it, uh, you know. Um, but some days, uh, sometimes uh, those people you're trying to serve sometimes can be stinkers. I know it's none here, not the Wednesday night crowd. But sometimes people can be stinkers. Sometimes some people think it's their calling in life to, is to be a stinker. For you. That's true. Some just think it's their calling. And so anyway, the point is, uh, you know, when you have all that, uh, how many know that when you stay consistent, even though not every moment is a shining moment, don't you usually come out of this thing a little different? You know, I've made comment about many times things that happened, and I have one in particular I've mentioned many times. It's, you know, I had multiple years of just something that was going on, and one word from God changed it, and um, what I like to say as that is I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I wouldn't wish what I went through on anybody, but I wouldn't trade it for anything because I, I was different after that deal. Now, that's why when he said count it all joy when you fall into various trials, didn't say go out praying for it. Lord, give me more trials. Don't do that. Okay, there's going to be plenty. And it said you fall into them. didn't say you go walking around looking for it. Some people, you think that's, anyway, anyway we'll leave that alone. But uh, anyway, so the point is, is sometimes, you know, in service, there are things that uh, get 
work and God begins to show you things and work things. Sometimes, guess what? Serving other people, isn't it amazing how much he talks to you about you? <laughs> it's like, God, they're the problem. Deal with them. He says, no, I got to work on you right now because your heart's off. Come on. And that's a fact. And usually when he works something in you, and I've got a many a testimony on that, when God works something with me, it's amazing how the relationships change when I change. The whole time I was wanting them, them to change. Come on, somebody. Anyway, moving right along. Let's, do, let's maybe do one more. Let's throw one more out, out there. Give me the John 3, 16. Anybody remember this verse? <laughs> All you got to do is watch a football game. In the end zone. Here we go, baby. John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. That's the nature of God. That he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but would have everlasting life. Amen. So, God, the nature of God is to give. Now, the point I wanted to make is this that ought to be our nature, a giving nature. And anytime you're willing to give and serve, I ain't just talking about tithes and offerings in a church. I'm talking about being a blessing, reaching out, helping people, amen, giving and, and trying to, uh, you know, to be a benefit and a blessing to other lives. Come on, somebody. It's the, na it's the nature of God. And you think about, I mean, you start thinking about all the promises that are attached to giving. It does include tithes and offerings, absolutely. But I'm talking about all the reaching out, giving of your time, your energies, your substance, being a blessing to somebody, praise God, hallelujah. It's amazing what kind of things start working because just the fact that you're connecting with the heart of God on things, whether we're talking service or we're talking uh, giving, praise God. Now, I had a lot of other verses on that, but we're just going to use that because just, it's just the nature of God. That was what it was all about. For God so loved the world, he gave. Amen. You know, when you're talking about when at the very beginning, our father of, of, the, of our faith, uh, Abraham, it says, you know, he was called to be blessed so he could be a blessing, it says. The more you're blessed, the more you can be a blessing. I want to empower you so you can turn and empower others. And you think about that's exactly what God is trying to work through all of us. And again, it's the same type of thing that the more you walk this, the more you're connecting, amen, not only with others, but you're connecting with the heart of God, amen, and stay consistent in these things. You do that, you'd be amazed what God starts working and doing in your life, amen? I mean, now listen, we're not off of the subject of stress-free living. When you stop and you look at, at this, you start, you know, the, the principles that begin to work and operate in, in giving and then what starts coming back, you know, the service and what comes back, all of it is, is promises, and if you look at all the promises that are attached to it, all of it's about stress-free living. Meet the needs. Amen. Eliminate the need. Eliminate the problem. Eliminate the stress. Eliminate, uh, you know, all the work. Come on, somebody. Are you still with me? Amen. Everybody say stress-free living. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, we need a little bit more consistent contact. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you get something today? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Hallelujah. And, uh, of course, quite a bit we could have used today, but I just think that, was, that, that works right there and kind of makes the point. Amen. Praise the Lord. Consistent contact. But you got to be consistent. All right. Praise God. Have you ever got woke up in the middle of the night? Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, sometimes maybe you woke up because your pillow wasn't in the right spot and your neck hurts. I get that. But sometimes it's God wanting to, wanting to commune with you or wanting to, maybe we're needing you to get an agreement about something in prayer. Now, I'm talking about Wednesday night crowd. And I know that many of you understand this and know this and you walk this. But, but be honest with me, okay? How many times when you got up and you actually got up and you followed through with it, you were glad you did? 
and you ended up with, come on, even though you might have missed an hour of sleep or, or whatever, you, you, you probably had more strength, more vitality, more energy, amen, because you followed through with something like that. And I just say it, sometimes, you know, we, we have a tendency to let the pressure of the time, the lack of sleep, the whatever, all the other little things. And like I said, it's not like it's all evil stuff that tries to press on you. Sometimes it's just the normal, everyday things, and they have a tendency to want to dictate and control. And if you let that happen, instead of being constant and stay connected, amen, you end up making decisions and choices that are based on the pressure instead of based on a leading from God. And it happens. And we just stay stressed out. So I want to stay stress-free. How about you? Amen. Father, we give you praise and glory once again. Thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord God, for these principles. And we give you the praise and the glory. Amen. Thank you for your voice. We thank you, Lord, that you're always wanting to commune with us and fellowship with us. We're thankful, Lord, for that relationship. We're thankful, Lord God. Amen. For every leading and bidding and prompting of the Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, for a people that have an ear to hear it, a heart to receive it, and a will to walk it. Praise God to do it. And we give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you, praising God.